So, I was thinking one thing, man. Yeah. So here's what I'm thinking. There's a lot of... I'm thinking that there are so many podcasts right now, right? And so many of them just start with like, welcome to... This is what... This is all... This is I'm capturing. This is part of the podcast. You should probably be looking at your camera. Ah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) You never know with this show (laughs) when we're starting. (laughs) You never know. Um, yeah, okay, so so here's what I'm thinking, man, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of podcasts out here, Michael, and so many podcasts, I feel like they start in a really boring way, like, hey, welcome to this particular show, you know, gotcha. you might say something like, welcome to the Photography Brothers, we've, we've been kind of falling into that trap, I feel, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so, uh, so today, I want to try out something a little bit different. So just uh, bear with me here. Uh, hopefully, it's going to work out. Hopefully, it's going to uh, be a, uh, you know, just just a staple of the Photography Brothers going forward. I think I've probably nailed uh, the intro. Okay, so uh, Sydney right now, stop the intro music. And here we go. It's photo bros, photo bros time. It's photo bros, photo bros time. It's photo bros, photo, photo, photo bros. What do you think, dude? It was was good, man. (laughs) I got to work on my contribution. (laughs) It was probably one of the worst things I've ever done. Hey, man, Uh, I think, uh, you know what? We're going to work on it episode uh episode 10 i guess will be uh will be solid we'll have a full full live arrangement yeah ready to go yeah. i'll work on it dude i've i've got some people that can uh can work on a beat for us so all right i, I, I can better. bring out the guitar you know what i mean like we'll, we could uh, just i think we should we'll, do it live we'll refine it hopefully uh run dmc doesn't mind that uh little tribute to run dmc there as it were as it was but uh, yeah, this is this is the Photography Brothers. Uh, I'm your brother, Jared Poirier. I am a photographer and a videographer here in Toronto. And I am here with my main man. Michael Costa, uh, also a photographer, uh, also a video editor and YouTube creator. Um, glad to be here. Yeah, great to have you back on the show that you are the co-host of. <laughs> Yes. So well, welcome to Michael. Welcome to uh, welcome to our audience out there. Whether you're listening on uh, Spotify or iTunes or YouTube or any of the other places on the Internet, uh, we haven't been pressing the show to cassette tape anymore. So for all of our cassette tape uh, and eight track listeners, you're going to have to download some type of Spotify or just like maybe go on YouTube. So. Uh, for all of our Amish listeners, so uh, a yeah. couple of couple of housekeeping things. We've got a great podcast for everybody here. Don't worry, uh, you've come to the Photography Brothers again, and we are here to bring another thrilling, cutting edge episode of the show here for everybody out there. Uh, just a couple of housekeeping things. First of all, we're recording this show on Valentine's Day, so happy Valentine's mm-hmm. Day to Michael. Happy Valentine's Day to your girlfriend, Alexa. Uh, Happy Valentine's Day to... Yeah, thanks, man. Happy Valentine's Day to my girlfriend, Masha. And uh, happy Valentine's Day to my dog, Sonia. Happy happy Valentine's Day to uh, my girlfriend, as mentioned. I should probably say it as well. Probably, Uh, probably. And uh, yeah, no one one else really gets my love. Uh, I'll give you some love, Jared. Happy Valentine's Day. 
Oh, um, thanks, man. But uh, yeah, you know, close club. Uh, yeah, keep yeah. a tight lip. Yeah. But, uh, I want to. <laughs> I want to do a happy Valentine's Day to Hugh Jackman. Hey, so. hey, that's a good one. Happy Valentine's Day to you, sir. You'll always be the Wolverine in my heart. I don't know who they're going to get to replace our man. but uh, Hugh, Hugh Jackman, actually, yeah. uh, guest of the show. Uh, he said in episode 251, he will uh, he will join the show. Oh, okay. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll have uh, a few good guests leading up to that. I'm sure he was really impressed uh, by the content that we've been putting out. Uh, big Canon fan as well, Hugh Jackman. Always shooting cannon so we always appreciate that and uh yeah we'll we're really excited on uh episode what which one you said uh 251 251, 251. oh wow yeah. that's gonna be in like a couple of like a, a few years bro i don't know man if we start doing hourly podcasts here we never yeah. stop okay we just never stop maybe yeah. maybe every 10 episodes we use the bathroom, heat up some pizza pockets. Yeah, yeah. And and we keep going. When are we going to do the research? The research, man. The research. We do research. I'm joking. <laughs> I, I do. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> I do. Research, Got him. Man. Got him. <laughs> Just kidding, bro. Just kidding. Just kidding. You do a lot of research. You You do a lot of research on the show. Just because I'm just because I'm, I'm an obsessive nerd. Who does a lot of research doesn't mean that uh, that Michael Costa isn't out here doing some research, perfecting his uh, skills in photography and beyond. Always learning, always growing, and uh, we've got we've got some of that going on today. I think I think we've got a good topic for everybody. It's a uh, Michael Costa topic, so let's hear it, man. Let's dive into the topic here. Yeah, man. Uh, always excited for uh, for the topics. The uh, the topic this time around is is something that I think gets covered at some capacity, but I, I would really like to have a, a good conversation about it with you. Um, it's it's regarding uh, doing work for free. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there are different scenarios in which uh, this could happen. And I think the the primary one that sticks out, a lot of people know about it. For the most part, if you're a photographer and you were trying to... Um, you know, start a business and or whatever, and you're trying to build a portfolio, it happens a lot, right? Yeah. When you start off, you you typically reach out to to brands that you that you like, maybe local brands, and you go, hey, you know, uh, can I, uh, you know, maybe get some of your merch? I'll I'll shoot uh, shoot it and then send it back, or you know, maybe pay me in in merch. But um, you know, it's definitely a a trend. We we typically start off that way, but I think I think there's an interesting discussion around uh one if if that is the right way to do things if that's fine if it's you know what what are our takes on that but also around you know when do you stop at what point do you go hey that's enough we should not be handing out free gigs or or whatever right and then there's a whole other discussion that we could have on another day of of like you know what's what's my work uh worth and and all that and, and pricing out uh and strategy that way but i think just specifically on the free element of it, um, I think would be an interesting topic. Yeah, it's definitely interesting, man. Um, from my personal perspective, when I was starting out, I definitely shot some stuff for free from time to time, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Just as a way of getting some exposure, uh, getting some practice, um, you know, getting some mm-hmm. stuff for my portfolio, all of those type of things. 
it can be uh, a real opportunity for people, right? Like if you, maybe you don't necessarily have the fanciest gear and your, like your skills aren't where you necessarily want them to be, uh, that can mm -hmm. be a chance for you to get a little bit more practice. And then maybe you want to get a little bit more invested into gear and stuff like that. Um, but the other thing that I do want to get into a little bit later on uh, you know, in the episode here is just the fact of like working for free isn't always mm -hmm. what, uh, like when someone comes like yourself and you say something like, Hey, Jared, we're going to do an episode on, you know, should photographers do a little bit of work for free people immediately, they start thinking like, Oh, you know, that they're talking about doing professional projects and, uh, and not charging, you know, maybe people are a little bit afraid of that idea. But uh, mm -hmm. you and I are working for free right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> Good point. Uh, you know, con yeah. content creation and stuff like that. Uh, it is work. Um, it does have a certain uh, return on investment in terms of the work that you put into it and the money and everything that you put into gear and just spending your own time, uh, you know, but it is in a sense uh, doing free work. There's not necessarily someone because we're making this podcast right now that's going to say, oh, you know, Jared and Michael, you guys uh, spent an hour uh, shooting the podcast and like two hours researching it each. So you're guaranteed like this money. It's, it doesn't work that way. Right. So right. that's uh, that's another element of it. Uh, and I think we'll kind of dive into both of those elements, kind of the what you're doing when you're just starting out. And then also, you know, as you're going into your career, uh, not being afraid to continually create and continually bring something to people without always asking for money for it. Right. And like some of our favorite creators yeah. that's, uh, that we talk about endlessly here, like, you know, uh, Peter McKinnon, Gary V. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. might have, maybe they do have some, uh, corridor crew as well. One of my favorites, uh, you know, they have some free content out there. Maybe they do have some paid content as well that you can get access to, uh, but they don't get rid of the free stuff, right? Which in a sense is also working for free. So yeah, what do you think mm -hmm. about that, man? I love that you queued me up perfectly because you mentioned oh, nice. a couple things that directly speak to another element of this, which is you mentioned content, you mentioned Peter McKinnon, you mentioned, um, <laughs> you know, content doesn't necessarily pay sometimes a lot most of the time um i think my first point there is like you have to understand when you're making content it's it's a time investment you're mm -hmm. you're hoping that it's going to pay off down the line whether that's directly into your business and sending people there or in expanding your audience and, and eventually being able to monetize that mm -hmm. but with that being said to the point i, I want to bring up is you know Sometimes, even if you're a Peter McKinnon, you're established and you can charge anybody what you want. Um, well, maybe not exactly everything, anything you want, but, um, you know, you definitely have a reputation. You know, Peter McKinnon just put out a video um, where he re-edited a Ford ad. Um, and so he openly in the beginning of the video says, I was not paid for this. Ford doesn't even mm -hmm. know I did this. I was able to find the media assets and just did it because I thought it'd be fun. And I, I think there's probably a little bit more to it. I think something to consider is, you know, Pete is probably making this video again, as I was just mentioning, an initial investment, not getting paid for it. It's a yeah. time thing, right? But if he does a good job, which it's Pete, he's super talented. 
you know, Ford could see this, right? It gets views and it's an investment in order to essentially potentially attain client. So sometimes it's okay to do these free projects and just try to envision them as maybe a stepping stone towards the next thing. Yeah, totally, totally, brother. So yeah, we talked a little bit about uh, working for free from a content perspective and uh, the fact that that can be a good showcase of your skills and maybe mm -hmm. down the line uh, be getting you some work. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing that I want to talk about a little bit here, just switching gears for a second, uh, there's also like the internship element, right? Yes. And uh, I can definitely speak to that as someone who owns a business uh, that works with interns. So I actually have three uh, part-time interns right now. Uh, and they're all students who are in their last uh, year of uh, university or college. And they're uh, working on creative projects for me uh, as we speak, right? Even uh, Sydney, <laughs> Sydney is one of them and she edits the podcast. So definitely mm -hmm. a great way for them to get experience and uh, more valuable experience than they would get in a lot of places. And also getting the ability to work like directly on projects that are going out to the public, right? Like this podcast. Working uh, as an yeah. intern, you know, basically I had to coach her through, give her the skills, all that type of stuff, right? Say, like, give her a template. This is how you're going to edit this, uh, the podcast and stuff like that. And it really gives her an opportunity to uh, to get ahead a little bit and to to put something out there, right? Have like published work uh, in a scenario where it would take her a long time to get to that position, right? And that's kind of the experience of, uh, of a lot of my interns and uh, mm -hmm. some of the people who now are working like uh, part-time for me and actually getting paid, uh, my freelancers like Abe, mm -hmm. uh, he started out as an intern and now he's working uh, on the projects that I do for my client when it comes to video editing, video production and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. perfect uh, example right there with Abe that he was able to start out doing a little bit of free work and then uh, worked his way up as well. So one example. Yeah, no, for sure. I think it's, it's, you know, it's again, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's an, it's a time investment, but you get to grow and learn, um, alongside that creator and from that creator in that meantime. And then, you know, if you continue to have a good output, then, then, you know, the, the gold at the end of the rainbow is, you know, you get, you start to get paid for it too. And, you know, it's, it's an opportunity, um, to, to do a lot of things and attain a lot of things from it. Um, recently I got someone to, to start helping me out. Um, you know, he's, he's pretty young, you know, it's, this is a good example. I think, you know, he's, he's from high school, went to the high school I went to just, just graduating this year. So he's, he's a young little guy. Shout out to Ben. Nice. Um, shout out but, Ben. Uh, <laughs> but, Great editing uh, work, Ben, on all the, on all the stuff, on all Michael's that, stuffs. <laughs> that's right. Actually, uh, first, uh, first, first podcast that he has edited will be going up, uh, this week. So, okay. uh, you know, we can, maybe we can link that in the, Definitely. in the description down below, but you know, he's, he's learning a lot as we go already. You know, we've only had a couple of projects and you know, the way we work is I ask him to edit and then send me, you know, the premiere timeline. And what I, I noticed some things, you know, ways that he can speed up and, and get, become more efficient. It's not from like, uh, uh, you know, a, a perspective of like, Hey, you're taking too long. It's from the perspective of like, Hey, you know, 
I want you to get better and grow and be able to to do this, uh, even if it's not just for me. And, you know, I think Jared's comes from a very similar mindset of like, you know, it, it it's it's worth it if we also both grow from this and both get to to learn. And um, I think that's an important thing is if you if you do pick up an internship is really, you know, look, look at who's who's bringing you on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like express the things that are important to you, like growth and, and, you know, just learning the tools that are at your disposal, especially if you're at a high school, out of college in, in a lot of cases and, and you're trying to learn and, and become more familiar. Um, it, it's a great, great way to, to invest your time and, and, you know, just become better. And especially with Jared, you know, is, you know, your content, um, you know, there is consistency in the topic, but I think, you know, you sometimes you you try out new things. You try yeah, out a lot of yeah. new things. And and it's a really interesting opportunity for that person, like I mentioned earlier, to grow alongside you as you're trying out new things and experimenting with daily vlogs and with this format and with podcasts. And it gives them the opportunity to be like, hey, yeah, I have done that. I have played around with this. And I think it's it's an awesome opportunity. Yeah, for sure, man. And you also wanted to talk about, uh, yeah, I, I really like that point that you brought up about, you know, getting the experience that is valuable for you and really picking mm-hmm. that right, uh, that right internship or that right free project, right, to be getting into. Uh, I don't right. think that either of us are going to sit here and just advocate like you should take uh, free work and just, you know, that's going to be your strategy or working for free. It's about finding that the right project and you know going through like exactly how uh people who have interned for me audit my business they're like okay what's this guy doing oh he's creating uh content on the internet i see that as like a very viable you know business of something that i want to get experience in myself and then they Mm -hmm. go ahead and uh you know decide to take on that internship program and uh yeah from the perspective of even people later on in their career, uh, like Peter McKinnon, he's trying to, and I'm yeah. glad that you brought in that, the specifics of that Ford commercial. I, I saw that come up. I haven't watched it yet. And I just assumed that like Ford paid him to, <laughs> to make a commercial. Me too. Um, but, I <laughs> Me guess too yeah. but yeah, man, you also want to talk about when it's time, uh, even if you have been doing a little bit of work for free, uh, mm-hmm. when it is time to start charging. So maybe we can start that from the perspective of like somebody who's, starting out working a little bit for free, how do you decide, okay, now it's time to start charging and how do you really make that transition? Yeah. Um, so I think, um, you know, we, we brought up the point earlier of, you know, I mentioned, you know, for me and Jared, part of, part of the experience is, is that person growing Right. And so, um, there's actually, uh, a, a care, uh, for, for that person. And so I guess, um, the point I want, one point I wanted to bring up here is, you know, uh, some, it is important to really pay attention and understand who who you're doing work with. So, uh, if it is an internship, really read, read their intentions and, and make sure that, you know, um, you know, there is opportunity at the end of it that they care about your, your growth. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very important. They're um, not going to have but, you, you know, filling out like a Excel spreadsheet all day or whatever, <laughs> right? Or like some horrible thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and outside of the uh, the activity of, of internships, you know, if you're doing free work for, for a company and, you know, the first gig, totally get it. You're in that early phase, building a portfolio, whatever. I am of the impression 
of the belief of if they contact you back to do work, I think that's a chance for you to try and 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 earn 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 some money because they have now basically proven that they have found value in your work and that you know um, they want to bring you back so that they can bring that same consistency to uh, potentially one or more uh, pieces of video that ultimately determine how their brand is perceived. I think if you were brought back on, that's an opportunity for you to um, to potentially try and, and uh, earn some funds. And I think for the most part, if it's a company that is uh, honorable, like kind of... Um, uh, what's the term I'm looking for here? But I think you know what I'm saying. Honest, reputable, um, honest, reputable. Yeah. yeah. And if they're reaching back out to you, for the most part, they should be like, "Hey, you know what? Great test trial. How about we we do something else? What kind of pricing are you thinking of?" Um, you know, if you're some people really get caught in this loop, um, and they they do two, three, four, um, sometimes more gigs for free for one company, and don't get taken advantage. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, some of these people, you hear it a lot with some of these, uh, watch brands that are coming up now, a lot of videos talking to that. So just be very careful. Um, I think when it comes to transitioning out of, in general, that mindset of doing free work for brands. Um, and again, of course we've talked about, you know, you can make content just cause it's fun and, and mm -hmm, you want to mm -hmm. get exposure. But, um, in regards to reaching out, doing sales activity or them coming to you, I, I think you really just got to get to a point where you're just comfortable. And I think it has less to do with your portfolio because I think you're gonna get a lot of really good photos before you get to this point where you're like, I just feel really comfortable. Yeah. Um, um, but just, it, it's really more of like, a, you know what? I feel like I do good work. I, and that's okay to say, by the way, you're allowed to be confident in, you in be, your yeah. work. And, and, and once you start to get that inkling, that feeling of like, I, I feel like it's worth something. Um, I think, and that's a very unique thing. That's a special thing. That's a you answering it yourself kind of thing. Uh, so ho hopefully you didn't come here for the magic pill, but it really <laughs> is, I think, um, intended to be kind of clear to you when it's like, Hey, I'm, I should get paid for this. Yeah. It's tough too, right? Like it's always tough to go from that position of, you know, from the perspective of the person who is hiring you, like if they're if you get them used to the idea that you're going to do work for free, I think you've kind of got yourself in a, in a really bad position. It's more mm -hmm. of a, you know, from their perspective, they don't want to make some big commitment and make some big investment into something that they're not necessarily going to be happy with and giving them an opportunity to just kind of throw you a bone and, you know, we're going to do a little bit of a project for free and that's going to open the doors for you. Uh, in, in that case, I guess it can be good. Um, but it is interesting what you're saying as well around like the point of confidence. Mm -hmm. I don't always think that confidence is, uh, the best rubric because we've talked about here about like imposter syndrome and things mm -hmm. like that. Right. And just, I, I, sometimes I feel like some of the, the best photographers and some of the best creatives, like lack confidence and they need to be charging a little bit, you know, <laughs> maybe more than they are or something like that. So confidence always, uh, you know, that's an important thing, but more, maybe it's more when, uh, you can draw from the experience of other people, right? If 
people are coming to you and saying like, wow, this is this is really good work. And people are starting to be really impressed with what you're doing. Maybe that's mm -hmm. the point, you know, when you're getting a lot of that feedback. Of course, yeah, confidence in yourself and confidence in your own work is is definitely part of it. Uh, but also, mm -hmm. uh, you know, other factors as well, other strong factors, uh, including <laughs> the feedback from your peers, man. That's why I try yeah. to surround myself with so many uh, talented people, so many good photographers and people mm -hmm. who uh, who keep me honest as well. Right. Like the, they will say, oh, Jared, like this, this photo is great or uh, or this one isn't <laughs> what, like, what you can do better. Right. Yeah. No, like honestly, you know, it's perspective I wasn't uh, thinking about bringing up, but you're so right. You know, community in general, I think, is is a topic that that can relate back to many points, many, many other topics. It's it's so important, whether you're going to meetups, whether you're uh, involved in Reddit communities or like Jared mentioned, creating a small pocket, a group of people that you trust and are transparent with you and can tell you. Um, you know, the things you need to hear. I think that is incredibly important. And, and to the point of confidence, I think it's, I guess it's more so, I think it's more so evaluating your work in the moment and feeling like it's good work. You're always going to have imposter syndrome when you yeah. go in for your first yeah. paid gig or, or for the moment that you actually start sending the email. It's more of an, an action or a feeling that you start to get when it becomes real. But I think that there's a moment where, you're looking at work that you're doing and maybe it's not for a gig. Maybe you're making YouTube content. Maybe you're in Lightroom editing a photo, whatever it is. Shooting photos of your dog or your cat. Shooting your cat. photos of your dog and you're like, shout, man, shout that is to, the best. Shout out to Michael's cat. Uh, what's the, the Instagram, the tag Instagram? Oh, handle? thank you. Uh, on Cusco's mind. On underscore Cusco's underscore mind. Cusco spelled. C-U-Z- Co <laughs> I've never had to audibly <laughs> spell out his name before. Uh, Michael's yeah, on the podcast. Yeah. He knows how to spell his own cat's name. Yeah, I mean, look, guys, <laughs> if you're if you're new to the show, my, my English is terrible. Uh, it is my first language. Uh, just a heads up. Yeah, um, yeah, it's kind of disappointing. But uh, his, first you know, his first and only language. For uh, if I'll put together, no more to bang. Oh, if I'll put together. Oh, yeah, no <laughs> that was idea, actually man. terrible, but but uh, but yeah, you know, it's sounded you know, great. Whether me. it's a photo of your dog, photo of a landscape, photo of a bug in the backyard, it's, it's sometimes it's in the way that you edit it, sometimes it's in you know the speed, maybe things pick up, it's the quality of it, it's 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 the recognition, maybe it's something you look at it, and in that moment of not thinking too hard about it. You go, that's a dope photo or that's a dope video. That is, I feel confident in that moment. I think that's a, 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 it's, a it's a special moment that you have with yourself. You're, you're going to get imposter syndrome, 100%. Mm -hmm. I still get imposter syndrome. And I can tell you right now, you know, if I go and I shoot an event after this whole pandemic happens and I haven't shot for like two, three years, <laughs> it's going to be just like shooting from day one again. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. You and everybody else, though, man, there's no like secret yeah. people who have been out here shooting parties or whatever, shooting events. Right. So every God, I hope in not. that sense, everyone's on the same playing field, just that uh, hopefully we'll be a little bit of a little bit ahead of the game, having been making all of this content here, man. But I think that we're yeah. a little bit uh, around the halfway mark of the podcast here just to kind of wrap things up uh, i think michael and i both agree that it's okay it shouldn't be uh, a taboo to do a little bit of free work 
-hmm. as a photographer, as a creative, um, if that is work for a client or if that is, you know, your own type of content uh, creation, I think any of that is fine. And I think it works in a lot of stages of your career, right? Like when you're just starting out, like we talked a little bit about internships. Uh, We talked about just like taking some uh, free projects on as a freelancer. Uh, We also talked about times where even you and I uh, still in our career, like do a little bit of free work. Uh, And then, Mm -hmm. you know, even people who are ahead of us, uh, like uh, Mr. Peter McKinnon is a great example is doing some free work, right? Uh, of course, you have to acknowledge that you got to have to keep the business open. <laughs> yeah. If you want to keep uh, shooting photos, if you want to keep, uh, you know, doing creative things as your career, I think that you really do at some point have to start charging and charge an amount where it's worth it for your work, where, like you yeah. said, you feel good about it. Like you're putting out good work. You deserve to be compensated fairly. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's all just going to be something that you work through in your career. But I hope that uh, this discussion was a little bit enlightening. Uh, Any final thoughts before we go into the news, Michael? Uh, No, I think it's good. It was a good conversation, man. Like always. Like always. Like always. Likewise, man. Great. Great to uh, be here on a Sunday afternoon on Valentine's Day with my bro. Uh, <laughs> Should I light a candle? Or? Light a candle. I've got a few lit. Uh, I'm just finishing up my coffee here. And I think we're just about ready to go into the news. All right, so it is Photography Brothers News, and we're here to bring you the latest news in the world of photography. And let me tell you guys something. Your brother Jared here, he's always combing through the news. He's looking for the best stories for photo bros. I leave no rock unturned. I'm looking everywhere. Mm. I'm going on Google, and I'm searching uh, photography news on there, and I look through the stories, And then we pick a new story. And today's new story is an excellent story. Uh, Like I said, we've really, we've really uh, been diving down to the depths, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like uh, Godzilla with that level of, with that level of fierceness and intensity. Mm -hmm. And we're grabbing the news stories and we're bringing them up and we're showing them um, victoriously to the podcast listeners here and i guess to the ones who are only listening they're gonna hear it they're gonna hear the stories so let's (laughs) let's get into it here uh we have an excellent news story at least i hope so i think michael has faith in me that we've brought a good news story and i Mm -hmm. think that uh it's going to be an interesting one to talk about definitely an interesting headline as soon as i saw this headline i was like all right Undeniably, we have to cover this on Photo Bros. 100%. So so the model who made Instagram apologize, right? And uh, and not just apologize, but change their policies. So that's going to be the more uh, interesting part here. So I'll just get into the story uh, a little bit. But obviously, this is uh, incredibly uh, complicated issue. Uh, we yeah. are going to be talking a little bit about, uh, like racism. Uh, we're going to talk about like the representation of, uh, black people and minorities 
and stuff like that. Uh, some pretty heavy subject matter. Um, and, you know, I even, to be honest, I question whether I did really like the story and um, definitely something that I thought I wanted to speak on. And I think the, you know, not that we have a massive audience or anything like that, but I think the more people that hear about stories like this, uh, the better. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, obviously a, uh, white guy. I am not a plus size black woman. Uh, Michael Costa, mm -hmm. you are not a plus size black woman either. Correct? No, no, he's not. He's not, but, uh, nonetheless, uh, we're going to come at this from a, uh, photographer's perspective. Uh, and we are going to come at it from a researched uh, based perspective. And I did uh, quickly chat a little bit today with some people who are a little bit more directly affected by stuff like this, uh, such as my friend Kashif, who is a uh, like portrait and lifestyle photographer in Jamaica. Um, so definitely this is something that uh, hits home for him as someone who shoots a lot of photos of black women and puts it on his Instagram, right? So definitely something uh, where we'll get some of Kashif's thoughts on that. Um, mm -hmm. First of all, Michael, did you hear about the story uh, before your brother Jared brought to your attention today? Um, I had heard of it. Uh, I believe Philip DeFranco had mentioned it during one oh, of his, uh, one of his, uh, videos, but, uh, it was good to, to read through the, the story to, to understand how, uh, it developed, learn a little bit more about the photographer herself a little bit as well. Um, and to, uh, understand ultimately where that ended up. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, uh, definitely a fascinating story uh and like i said one with deep roots and uh mm -hmm. definitely one that's going to be of a lot of interest to our listeners i think so many people these days are like affected by facebook and instagram and stuff like that and uh yeah to me like really thinking um as a photographer and looking at this story uh definitely something that perked my ears up so let's get into the story in a little bit more depth here uh, the mm -hmm. photographer who shot this photo is Alexandra Cameron. Uh, we'll link her mm -hmm. Instagram down below, obviously. Uh, the model is Naomi Nicholas Williams. And basically the story here is that uh, Naomi is a plus size black model and uh, Alexandra did a photo shoot with her. Uh, Alex had actually reached out to Naomi uh, found her, I guess, on Instagram or something like that and said like, hey, I would love to, uh, if you came out to my studio and we did a photo shoot. Um, the photos are really cool. Uh, I actually really like Alex's approach to photography. We'll get into it a little yeah. bit uh, more in detail in a moment, but just to give you guys the rest of the broad strokes of the uh, story here. Uh, so unfortunately, when uh, Alex posted the photo, it uh, was totally fine. And it's uh, a photo of Naomi. She's wearing shorts uh, and she has her top off, but she's like holding her breast. So like covering everything um, that like Instagram doesn't want on the platform. Right. According to her, like following all of the rules of what's allowed on Instagram, playing by the rules. 
Uh, and on Naomi's account, the photo was deleted uh, by Instagram. And then on Alex's account, it ended up getting uh, flagged and censored as well. So Alex and Naomi were uh, pretty frustrated by this and they're kind of wondering like what the heck's going on. Uh, you know, Alex is a seasoned Instagram photographer. She's put lots of photos on Instagram. She knows uh, what she can put and what she can't put on the platform. Uh, so she was just pretty confused by it and ended up getting some of her friends to try to post the photo. And for all of them, it was uh, flagged and taken down as well. So this ended up uh, garnering some attention online. Uh, there's like a hashtag, uh, I want to see Naomi that people start putting on Instagram. Uh, and then there's a story in the Observer uh, online, which gets some more uh, attention. And it ends up getting the attention of the CEO of Instagram, Adam Mazzari who uh mm -hmm. so the story actually kind of has a a nice uh i kind of i don't know <laughs> we'll get into it a nice ish ending uh i don't want to be too positive uh, about it here because i think that this is uh some pretty troublesome stuff uh that can't be all solved in one uh you know one swift motion um but uh adam here ended up calling naomi to apologize and, uh, you know, that's that I think is good. Uh, you know, he set up a call. He did reach out uh, and he did. Basically, they tried to explain it by saying that, like, the algorithm isn't really racist. It's just that the algorithm is uh, prone to flagging like bigger breasts or breasts that are getting squeezed. So uh, apparently that was like more of the more of the issue. Uh, mm -hmm. but you know, as someone who is putting content onto Instagram, like from the perspective of this photographer, Alex, like that's not how she was really seeing it. Right. But, uh, they did mm -hmm. change the policy in October. Um, and you know, Adam has publicly apologized for this and he has said that, you know, Instagram is working to fix these things. Uh, but I just don't see it as fixed yet right like i don't know like yeah. the the um, the apology is great but to me it doesn't seem like enough what do you think man um i think it's a step i i think they um uh, i think that there's something to be said about all of the um about the many instances where the algorithm messes up uh, because this actually happens uh, quite a bit. But I think maybe you have active monitoring. Um, maybe it's it's there's a reviewing process um, with with live people. I think you know this is a photographer who you know who states in here you know how how passionate she is about this stuff, body positivity, and and, and you know. Um, and just moral, morally, just she's a very well guided person, and I think it's it's disappointing, right? Like you 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 put together some work, you feel really really good about it. This is your life's work. This is just a great contributor towards that. And then your greatest platform, I mean, she has a lot of followers on here. She's got almost sixty thousand people mm -hmm. on her Instagram page. Um, you know, she has some other platforms, but you know, this is this is where she she wants to, you know, this is where she's going to get to the most people. This is where 
you know, the message gets driven across. And I can only imagine how disappointing it can be when, you know, you post on this platform, you get try to get in front of the most amount of eyes and, and just over and over again, it's being taken down. And it's this disapproving message from from this place where you've built a following in the community and it's it's um, of like-minded people. And, you know, I'm glad that there was some sort of turnaround here. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily uh, enough, like you mentioned, um, but it's, yeah, it's kind of it's hard. It's not nothing. Hard. It's not nothing. The CEO yeah. is apologizing. They're changing yeah. the policy. Like the photos are up there now and they're staying up. So it's not nothing. Yeah, I think uh, I think the the big thing to see here is we see a lot of empty promises um, yeah. come out, and so I think a really good uh, way for Instagram to even on their end to help their brand brand awareness is, uh, or not necessarily brand awareness, but the health the health of their brand um, is to actively post about the the changes that they're making. Uh, for one, that's going to help one uh, yeah. to help your brand be perceived as someone who's a brand that's actually actively owning up to a mistake and putting things forward to make sure it doesn't happen again. And and if you can get ahead of other, other issues as well, then that's, then that's awesome as well. But secondly, it helps us understand that it's actually happening. You're mm-hmm. actually making these changes happen. Yeah. They have to be uh, a lot more transparent with uh, yeah. how they're dealing with the public and all that type of thing. I mean, I do understand like from, you know, Instagram and Facebook's perspective, like they don't want Instagram to be like the platform is what they want it to be, which is like a social media platform. They don't want it to be like a pornography website, let's say, right? Like I I get that, Um, that, like why they don't want like just actual pornography on Instagram. Uh, I don't think at all uh, that's what this photographer Alex is doing. Yeah. And you can definitely tell. And this is the like this is the, the bigger problem that I want to get to here. Like that's it's like an artistic kind of determination, right? Like between this is like pornography yeah. or this is like an artsy, uh, you know, photo of someone's naked body or nearly naked body. Right. And it's clear yeah. that what Alex is doing here, like she is a real artist. She's like. Uh, a legitimate photographer. It, you hear her talk about her process, uh, how she has her studio. It's actually in uh, in her barn uh, <laughs> on her farm, right? <laughs> and uh, in the article here, um, you can hear her talking about like the really relaxing her models, the fact that they're out there at the farm, the dogs are going around, running around in the garden and everyone's just kind of more relaxed and she's shooting with natural yeah. light. And, you know, I hear stories like that and I'm like, okay, this is, you know, this is a true artist. Like this is a a photographer that I would want to hang out with and and learn from. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, to be flagged and taken down under this thing where it's like, oh, Instagram doesn't want like obscene photos or whatever. It's like, no, like this isn't this isn't that. (laughs) Yeah. In any way. Right. Yeah. I I think um, I think the really upsetting thing here for me is like. There is a lot in regards to photos that reveal the female body a lot. And, and, you know, maybe this is applicable both ways. I'm not sure. But, um, you know, specifically there, there is a lot. And you mentioned the there's a line right there. Like the, I see so many photos, um, you know, from from people that I used to shoot with, from people on Discover or whatever. And they're just 
they're objectifying for no reason. There's mm-hmm. no purpose to it other than than the like the annoyingly popular phrase that sex sells. Yeah, and they're just sexy, like, sexy pics and yeah, kind of yeah, those, and those types like, of sexy portraits. Yeah. Exactly, right? And and you know, although maybe even in some of them there's more clothing, it's it in a way feels more revealing. And and I think that and that's this is ultimately where I was trying to go with, you know, having some sort of uh reviewing process. Maybe you review you, you have a segment, right? You can tell the algorithm based on a certain line of code is is looking at a specific thing and saying, okay, well, because of this, we are taking it down, right? Mm-hmm. Why don't we use the YouTube approach here when you know, I've unfortunately I do uh, some reaction videos. Not unfortunately, I do reaction videos, but unfortunately, you know, a downside to doing some reaction videos is you have copyright, and so it gets mm-hmm. not deleted, not mm-hmm. taken down, just currently on pause until mm-hmm. the dispute has been um, has been reviewed, and it eventually, um, you know, it always you know comes back online. I think yeah. if you can look at some of these areas, these pockets where you're ha- seeing a lot of issues, a lot of feedback, where it's like this is not. Like in this scenario, for example, this is not just nudity. Like this is a message. This is something I feel very strongly about and it's art. And when you look at it, you can tell the image is very expressive just by looking at it. It's 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 a, a fantastic image. It's art. Right. Yep. And I think that's I think you need to have some sort of active monitoring from human people mm-hmm. that can make mm-hmm. that distinction. You want to put it on pause for a day, a couple of days. I understand there's a lot of photos. That's fine. But at least it's it's handled properly Mm -hmm. yeah not just dismissed right where you your only relationship is with that algorithm and the algorithms making all of the decisions like facebook (laughs) facebook makes a lot of money man facebook has the money to uh to invest in stuff like this right instead of just you know lining uh mark zuckerberg's pockets or whatever and you know (laughs) i'm not like one of these people who uh who like hates on success either like i'm trying to be as successful in business as i possibly can so i would never like hate on someone else's success but like i don't know man like when you look into the history of facebook and just the general business uh practices of facebook like there are a lot of problems there um and i have a i have a few things here actually on that uh some recent stuff and then a little bit uh you know recent uh recent times going back a few years here uh in june of 2020 the same guy ceo uh adam nazari uh posted on instagram on his instagram account which by the way only has 500,000 subscribers so I was kind of surprised by that. That's not really that many. If you're the CEO of Instagram, I'm pretty sure Michael Costa has more than that. <laughs> inching towards it, inching towards it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, but he acknowledged uh, some pretty disturbing stuff that there's like uh, distribution bias, meaning that like, uh, you know, black people's photos aren't getting distributed uh, the same way that like white users are and uh, algorithm al- algorithmic bias. Uh, the nerds over at Instagram are talking about <laughs> that. And like, yeah. yeah, these these are pretty nerdy terms, but this is bad stuff, man. Like this, this is bad. And then uh, th- this is real bad. Mark Zuckerberg is real bad. Uh, <laughs> and then in uh, July, uh, Instagram forms the equity and inclusion team, which sounds like pretty Orwellian to me, actually, uh, to study the effect of the algorithm on minorities. Uh, Facebook actually had back in 2019 
in an internal study that found that it, um, with their new rules that they were bringing in about thresholds of when an account gets deleted, black people were 50% more likely to have their accounts disabled under the new rules. And then uh, internally, Instagram was just like, don't worry about it. We fixed it. And then banned studying it further inside of the company. Banned? Banned the study of it. They're like, we, we're not talking about this cap thing anymore. We just, we, we fixed it. No more talking about it, which is really uh, always a good sign. <laughs> so some other recent stuff. Uh, just last year, tons of companies started pulling advertising dollars out of Facebook uh, for a long time now. There's been some trouble. Uh, you know, there's all, all the stuff with the uh, tampering with the election. Um, I don't even want to go into that kind of old news at this point. Uh, but other stuff as well, like uh, anti-Semitic yeah. groups uh, and other type of hate groups on Facebook, being able to run ads, being able to create Facebook groups. And uh, a lot of companies now have started to pull some ad dollars here. Uh, Disney, um, Unilever, Starbucks, Ford, Verizon, uh, all of them are cutting back on their spending on Facebook ads uh, because of these uh, hateful and divisive groups and Facebook's yeah. uh, kind of history here, man. And this is why I'm not really like, I'm not super encouraged uh, by the news story here. They kind of have a history of being like reactive, super reactive when it comes to stuff like this, right? Rather than yeah. being proactive, rather than like creating the algorithm in yeah. a way or creating the, you know, the, the groups on Facebook, like the way that that works or, you know, anything that they can do with like the platforms themselves structurally to fix this problem. They just do it in a way that creates a problem. And then when they get caught, they'll fix it. Right. And that's been the same yeah. thing with these anti-Semitic and, you know, hate promoting uh, extreme alt-right groups and all this stuff on uh, Facebook. And now it seems to be the same thing on Instagram here where they're just like, oh yeah, we fixed it. And like, everybody don't worry about it. And with this article too, it's kind of like the happy ending at the article. I don't want to be Mr. Jaded here, but like the article's kind of like, and then they've changed the policy and now everything's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Right. And like, this is a much deeper issue, right? Yeah. I think, you know, like we talk a lot on these shows about how important it is to be adaptive, but that is, that is incredibly different, right? Like, mm -hmm. and also, you know, being able to adapt to issues and, and correct them is like not the core of how you run a business. Right. And so like, you know, just how do you, how do you, I'm really upset about this. Yeah. Well, especially a business um, on Facebook's level, man, like so much money, so much power in terms of the world, right? Like they have to take responsibility, yeah. right? And they do. Right. And, and like, I think, and that's why I say some of these things, like put a team together. You mentioned they got tons of money, put mm -hmm. a team of like 20, 30 people together. You have the space, your headquarters is massive. Just, just be proactive, be create platforms and innovate on those platforms in a way that makes people feel supported and makes people, you know, feel like it's an inclusive platform that supports I ideas and, and, um, you know, just justice, morally correct things, like just lead, lead, lead the charge, you know, like mm -hmm. I think the smartest companies are the ones that, that, you know, whether it's a mistake of their own or, or something like they can take it and not just patch that one thing up. Right. It's not just like, you know, if there's a hairline fracture and it's bigger in one section, you just 
put a bandaid over that. You fix the whole thing, right? You, you make sure that you you don't allow it to to, to get worse or, or happen again or whatever. And, and when you talk about the ban, like, come on, really? Like it, the message that that sends is ridiculous. That is them saying basically like, yeah, don't worry, we fix it. And if you mm -hmm. notice something's wrong, don't even don't even bring it up because yeah. it's, we're not going to look into it. It's it's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible, man. So I don't know. Hopefully, uh, hopefully something does change eventually. Uh, there does seem to be at least a turn of the tides in terms of how people look at Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you know, people aren't that favorable <laughs> towards these companies anymore. I think a lot of people are kind of seeing it as like a necessary evil these days, which is interesting. Uh, yeah. But, you know, hopefully there will be more pressure. And uh, at the end of the day, like we as creators and we as users of these platforms, sometimes we don't realize it, but we're in control. Like we have all the power. Everybody yep. can just say, you know what? We're not going to use Instagram anymore. Like if this is going to be, if you're not going to fix these things in the algorithm in like a big, you know, fundamental structural way and address some of these issues uh, and, you know, having uh, minority voices involved with that and having them at the table and, you know, bringing them into the company. Uh, yeah, it's just it's not going to it's not going to suffice. Right. So, mm -hmm. so something big has to happen here. Uh, and I'm glad that uh, I'm glad we're talking about it here. I did want to get some thoughts from people again. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Kashif's point of view on this. We had a little chat today on Instagram. So um, as someone who is a lot more affected, let's be honest, <laughs> by this thing yeah. uh, than you and I are sitting here. Uh, so Kashif. Uh, again, is my Jamaican buddy who uh, shoots lifestyle and portrait photos. And he kind of brought up the point that like, it, it, this isn't just an Instagram issue, right? This is like uh, every type of media where black people mm. are censored and, you know, marginalized. And there's just so much more adversity for, for black artists who want to express themselves, right? It's so much harder. Uh, for them to be successful, even though a lot of the time, like they're coming with such raw talent, right? And yeah, that's uh, that's definitely definitely a huge problem and uh, very insightful as well. He brought up like the the lack of representation at the highest levels, right? Like <laughs> you can say everything that you want, you can have these posts and say like, oh, we're really worried about this type of stuff, but you got to look at like the board of the company, right? who's yeah. sitting there, who's on the board, who's at the table, who's like account executives, blah, 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 right? Like the executive level uh, of these companies, they need to start making it more diverse uh, and filling it out with some minorities. Otherwise, uh, things just aren't really going to be changing. So I thought that that was yeah. uh, really insightful and really interesting uh, point by Kashif. Uh, if you want to check out some of Kashif's work, he is a wonderful photographer, kashif.robinson on Instagram. So yeah, a bit of a troubling news story here, man. But uh, I hope that we're going in the right direction. I hope that things do get better. And uh, yeah, I mean, the ideal situ situation is where social media is a tool uh, for people to advance themselves, advance their brand, uh, advance their business and not be held back. And this has been a problem uh for like i said for a really long time 
And uh, just a shame if we're going to move over to a new form of media here, you know, going from like the old school movies and music industry and all this stuff where the corporation has like so much control. We're now like democratizing it onto these like social media platforms. And mm -hmm. if we're still bringing all of those same biases over in terms of like what content is getting shown and, you know, assumptions about what people want to see on the platform, uh, you know, that that's just it's not progress. And uh, I think we all want to see some progress here. So agreed. And uh, that is the show. That is it. That is the show. So we appreciate uh, everybody tuning in here to the Photography Brothers. I think it was a really fun discussion. Uh, definitely fun one to research and uh, get into. Always enjoy our conversations here. Michael, uh, I think we're going to get out of here. And I don't know. I got to go eat some steaks, man. I got some steaks Ooh. to eat. I got some wine to drink. Uh, what about you, man? What are what what do you got on the plate? Man, I have some pizza pockets. They're like a little <laughs> frozen over. So you know when you take them out of the freezer, they got a little ice buildup. Mm -hmm. so like a bottom nice of little cold bottom of the freezer one, yeah. Bottom of the freezer. Somehow the packs opened up, you know, and so you always get that little spot that's like oh, just yeah. a little, little still a little cold. You know, oh, that's unfortunate. But, uh, yeah. No, I man, I love it. It's well, all good. Hopefully the YouTube videos uh, start paying the bills soon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anyway, guys, uh, we're going to get out of here. Uh, we appreciate you listening to the Photography Brothers again. Uh, hopefully we'll have a better intro for you guys next time. We'll keep working on it. Uh, we're always working. We're always refining our skills here at the Photography Brothers. And we are excited to bring you on that journey with us. Uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you. See you.